In the Zen tradition, there's a phrase I really like, and it's, uh, it's the backward step. And what it means is uh, that instead of paying attention to the objects of awareness, we're stepping back to be the awareness, to recognize the ground of being. And uh, so I was hoping last night and, and in the instructions today just to widen it a bit. So just to give you a feeling for some of the pathways of this backward step of recognizing the, the silence and the stillness, you know, that, that openness that's always here, that's always here, but not always noticed. So it's not, uh, it's not a valuable uh, part of practice for some people at some time. So again, the invitation is to keep listening in and sensing really what works for you. If you find by doing inquiry to look back into awareness, it kicks up a lot of dust and creates a lot of confusion, then just be mindful and kind towards that and maybe not continue to do inquiry. Um, but for some, you'll find that it is uh, a profound way of opening up the practice. Okay, so, any questions this morning? Good morning. Hi. Eric said, I don't believe in self. And then he went on to say that that can be very liberating. And I'm starting to see that, and I'm ready to take the plunge. However, (laughs) who is I in that statement? How about this? And and Eric, if you want to add something on, please do. We use language, and it's a conventional way of communicating something. And so we might say, I don't believe in self. Uh, the, the essence of what's being communicated is the believing in self is no longer here. It's not really referring to a self in here, that there's an, a self not believing in self. It's just a manner of speech. Do you want to add anything to that? I just want to support what Tara has just said. Um, There was an occasion when the Buddha was uh, sharing something about his earlier life when he was practicing, and he said, uh, I did this, and he said, I want to be clear that I'm only using I as a conventional part of speech. So I just want to reaffirm what Tara has said. We can't avoid the separating nature of speech but just to be clear the Buddha said again he said suffering there is but no one who is suffering a path of liberation there is but no one who follows it liberation there is but no one who is liberated he said you cannot find self in any of these phenomena it's just a mental concept that we put on reality and as practice deepens, the concept falls away, and nothing else changes. <laughs> it's just the concept disappears. It's just an idea. So, 
one of, one of the one of the most enigmatic philosophical discussions of Eastern thought it revolves around the self. Um, one way to consider it, you know, the conventional self, I've got all this identification that says a birth certificate, a driver's license, uh, at some point I'll have a death certificate, or someone will. Um, <laughs> but in conceiving of this, this activity, conventionally known as Pat, which is changing all the time, which is this kind of effervescence of emotions, sensations, thoughts, you know, all happening in this vast open field of awareness. The activity known as blank, blank, blank. It's uh, it's a lifetime worth of uh, reflection on this one. So just kind of take it lightly. Enjoy the investigation. Don't try to crunch it down into anything. As, as abstract a thought process as it can be, the thing that I find helpful is the recognition that every one of us at some point has experienced that sense of no-self. If just for a moment, when a sense of I or mine drops away, sometimes it's described as being deeply immersed in the flow state, you, you know, playing sports or being engaged in nature or being intimate with another person. It's something that can only be sensed when everything falls away. So it's so I find that helpful. It's something that we've all touched at some point, however briefly in our lives. So it's really coming home to something we already we already know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I know there's a, another question. I just wanted to say that one of the great phrases that came out of uh, an Asian Buddhist teacher some years ago was no self, no problem. And that, you know, the suffering comes from a sense of self. But to say that what you're hearing here is that uh, on an ultimate level, there is no one experiencing. But it's really important to honor that on a relative plane and the way our biology and minds experience it, that sense of a self will still be there much of the time. And that it's possible, and this comes to what Jonathan was saying, to really touch that place of uh, just presence where it, there's not really any self-referential experience. And then have that kind of what T- Sokni Rinpoche calls the mere self, a kind of a sense of a self still around. But you're not forgetting the larger ground of being. And that's what's critical. That's where the freedom starts coming that that story of stealth might be in the background, that we might, you know, we know we've got our certificates and our driver's license, but there's a remembrance, that there's this vastness and heart and awareness that's really our true belonging. Then there's some grace that keeps emerging more and more in our life. Forgive me, it's such an important subject, and I just want to talk about the benefit of the practical application of a sense of that there's no self here 
we all fear death. And if you have a sense that no one dies, when you come to understand that there is something that dies here and there's something that doesn't, that can't die, that is untouched by death, then the whole relationship to death becomes a whole lot easier. <laughs> Fear falls away. And, and I, I can just say that this is true for myself. So, yes, please. Thank you. I find it easier and easier to enter this silence, and it's just such a blissful state, but harder and harder to come back to convention. And, and I have like I have the sense I have one foot in one realm, another foot in another realm. And maybe it's because my early stages of entering this silence, but it's difficult to come back sometimes and function on the same level that I had previously. And maybe it's just a matter of time before I get comfortable with being in both realms at the same time. And when you say difficult coming back, are you talking about during retreat there's some coming back? Or is there, um, are you thinking of what your experience has been at, in terms of at home? Uh, both. You know, leaving this retreat, going home, um, going back into the conventional realm. Mm -hmm. And I just feel pulled. You know, it, in some respects, I, I see the conventional realm as being somewhat of an obstacle, pulling me out of mm -hmm. silence. Mm -hmm. And it must just be my early stages of, of this understanding. Um, but I, I see this, this conventional realm as just pulling me away. It's like going the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So um, I think you intuited how, how I would respond, which is that in time, that actually does change because there's nothing in this universe that's not an expression of the formless and that isn't have its the sacred living through it. So we become, the Tibetans have a phrase, a child of wonder, where we know the silence, but we're engaged in the world in a way that it just brings up wonder, and if not wonder, then compassion, where there's sadness, where there's something that's painful, and if not compassion, then love, where there's something that's, that's uh, we can feel the goodness. But that response to our world is really coming from the silence and sensing that that, that empty, sacred is just shining through everything. Early on, though, and for many of us, through many phases, there's a compartmentalization where there's that kind of formless, empty, spacious, and then engaging where we get into the, the tighter fist. Gradually, it, it bleeds into everything. And, and so a lot of tomorrow in the morning, as we speak of closing, and a lot of our practice at home is really um, having that aspiration that we can remember in the midst and celebrate this life. So I love that your question's here. And it brings me um, to just speaking a bit about today, which is, and I, and I did this on Sunday too, you'll start noticing today maybe more than ever that I described last night that map of time where you'll all of a sudden be back in this map of time where leaving is tomorrow and your mind will have that like a lot in the background or foreground just be mindful of it. There are infinite precious moments that are what we call today. 
And if you're mindful of that map of time, of the leaning forward, then there'll be a lot more of this uh, natural falling back and inhabiting what's here. So that's just an invitation. And you might use the, some of the suggestions of openness and space to help you um, inhabit that. Just sense the sky, sense inner space, listen, keep arriving. Announcements, no yoga tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning shifts a bit and um, we really would like everyone to come to the 6.30 a.m. sit because it's, it's part of our ritual of how we begin closure together and there'll be announcements, explanation of Donna and just a shared time to sense the shape of the day. That's it. May today be filled with moments of presence. Thank you.